0: This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you this isn't about morality. Welcome in. We are live here on a Tuesday edition of A to Z. Give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnATL. I'm Matt Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Good buddy Grant McCauley will join us as the Braves get set for a homestand against some very, very feastable competition as we'll call it, back above five hundred. Of course, they had the off day yesterday and started two game short series with the Oakland Athletics coming that coming up here later on tonight. More on that coming up with Grant McCauley here later on in the show. Um, and the fact that we didn't have anything major sports wise going on in Atlanta yesterday. I know the Falcons held an OTA. It was a closed session; media is not allowed. They'll be allowed out later on this week uh, and of course no Braves games last night no news on the Hawks front really we touched on a little bit yesterday uh, what some opportunities they may have in this offseason I figured I would dive into a topic that sort of became a little bit of a lightning rod yesterday in uh, sports talk circles not only here in Atlanta but around the country and that was uh, Phil Mickelson who got back into the news uh, after he uh, you know decided to join the Saudi tour, for lack of a better term, what we'll call it. And he put this long statement on his Twitter account um, and basically was saying that he's excited to get back to golf. He took time away to self-reflect. It was very humbling. He needed to start prioritizing people that he loves and everything else. And, you know, he says – uh, in the final paragraph of the three paragraphs, quote, I am thrilled to begin with Live Golf, L-I-V, Live Golf, and I appreciate everyone involved. I also do intend to play the majors. I fully realize and respect some may disagree with the decision and have a strong opinions, and I empathize with that. I have a renewed spirit and excitement for the game. I'm incredibly grateful for the support of my fans, partners, friends, peers, and I hope in time those sentiments, relationships, and support continue. Now, I don't have a problem with uh, – the saudi tour the way some other people do uh i don't have a problem with it because um they have created something and are able to offer whoever they want a whole crap load of money and get them to come golf on their tour okay there's there's nothing really wrong about any of that what's wrong i guess is that the the saudis are for lack of a better term not nice people and They have a bad human rights record, and some of these people have nefarious activities, whatever. To be honest with you guys, I haven't even done enough research to know what 100% it's all about, but I get the general gist of it, right? Like, not nice dudes, okay? Um, You know, they're awful people. And Phil's statement, and I put this out on Twitter yesterday. If you saw it, you uh, you know exactly where I'm going with this. But... You know, Phil's statement translates to the Saudis are awful, but they're offering me a bleep ton of money. So I'm going to take it. And the response to everybody from that has been, how dare he? What a jerk. Oh, I'm not going to watch him. I'm not going to for And I'm not, not. No way. I'm not doing any of that. Right. I have no interest. I'm not turning this on at all. I'm appalled by the Saudis. Well, the only comparison that came to my head is that, well, China has the most awful human rights record in all of the history of the world, but the NBA does billions of dollars worth of business with them, and the reaction is, "LeBron's awesome, dude." <laughs> so on, who cares? Right? We're not. We're not. We're not going to. Uh, we're not going to stop doing business in China. We're not going to stop the NBA from doing business in China, and it's just a level of hypocrisy. And the bottom line here is that don't inject morality into sports now you can if you want to but you're always going to be on a slippery slope i heard one atlanta sports host yesterday tell me that they had no interest in watching and that they weren't going to uh get involved in any of this because of the saudis and um It's my recollection that this Atlanta sports host is a Falcons fan uh, and yet had no problem whatsoever with the Falcons going after a man who now has 24 different women accusing him of some type of sexual misconduct. I don't get how you reconcile the two, Like you can inject morality into sports, but let me tell you, you're going to have a really hard time squeezing into a space where everybody is under the same moral code that you are, I can present you with hypocrisy on top of hypocrisy on top of hypocrisy. And as I just mentioned, for everybody who's still going to watch the NFL on Sunday, they are going to employ a man this year and put him on national television repeatedly. As I just mentioned, that has 24 different women accusing him of sexual misconduct, and yet the NFL wants to tell you that they are friendly to women. I, where do you want to put your morality here? You're, you're never going to be able to find a spot like. I, I am not there are things that I am okay with and things that I'm not okay with. But I don't sit here and try to pretend that one, any of these professional sports leagues or teams have any other interest than capitalism and making profit. And that's okay. Like they're businesses. I, I how they want to conduct themselves is fine. I don't have to patronize their business. I don't have to be a fan of them. I don't have to get involved with them and all that is fine. And oh, by the way, watching something on TV doesn't necessarily, I mean, it does, but it doesn't. It's like one of those things, like, are you really patronizing it? Yes and no. I mean, I still watch, you know, if there's a Kevin Spacey movie on that I like, I'll leave it on. And guys, you know what he did, right? Like, it's, does that mean I support Kevin Spacey? No, the thing's just on TV. I mean, you know, I, And that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's impossible to try to stand on a clean moral slope. You're never going to be able to do it. And anybody who's sitting there telling you that, you know, their moral code is stopping them from doing X, Y, and Z, ah, hooey. Like, it's okay. I'm not going to support X player because he hits women. But this guy was drunk driving, and that's okay with me. Like, what do you want to play that game because – it's just a bad game to play you look ridiculous which is why I'm not going to get involved I don't I don't have the the temperament for any sort of morality um to be injected into this stuff I'm not saying it shouldn't be I just it's low on the list it's like the fourth or fifth tiebreaker for me to really look at whether I find something valuable or interesting or worthy of my time or not like I just I I, I can't allow myself to play that game because I don't want to be hypocritical and at least I'm consistent across the board if I'm going to allow one bad actor into my sports world I'm going to allow them all in because if I eliminate one then I eliminate it all and guess what you're probably not watching any sports if that's what you do there's not going to be a lot for you to hang around when it comes to the sports world there are a lot of bad actors in the sports world it happens sorry don't know what to tell you so keep your morality in your pocket That's my suggestion. If you'd like to throw it out there, just be prepared. You're going to get picked apart, and that's the way it is. All right, coming up next, Braves were getting picked apart, but a little thing called a winning streak has got them back above 500. Did my mini victory lap yesterday. I'll do one with Grant McCauley of our Braves postcast, 92.9 The Game from the Diamond Next right here on A to Z, on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. you search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Stay with us. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. I'm Mark Zeno. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O, of course. Follow the entire platform at Locked On ATL. Make sure you're following our next guest for everything related to the Atlanta Braves and check him out almost nightly after every single Braves game on our Braves postcast right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. He is Grant McCauley. And you can also catch him on 92.9 The Game and From the Diamond Podcast and so many more things. Grant, always great to talk to you, buddy.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. My goal this year has been to, if you're thinking about the Atlanta Braves and somebody's talking about the Atlanta Braves, I want you to look around, and there I am. Exactly. Uh,
0: well, I was looking around for a win streak, and well, yeah. there it is. Finally, it, it has showed up. Uh, a five-game win streak put together. Of course, the Braves have the off day yesterday. They'll start a series with the Oakland Athletics tonight at uh, at Truist Park. and. I, I was sort of gloating yesterday because remember if we talked a couple of weeks back where I said June 15th was the date on the wall where I would officially hit the panic button if they weren't over 500 by then. And I specifically pointed to this stretch against the Rockies, the A's, the pirates and the Nats as a chance for them to get right. Now, well, I'd love to, you know, break my arm patting myself on the back here. It's, it's obviously the Braves who have uh, decided oh, to start playing. Yeah. <laughs> decided to start playing a little bit better baseball. I mean, From where you sit, what have you seen has been a key difference right now that's at least got them looking a little bit more like a team that could win the World Series?
1: Well, it all has to start with winning games consistently. And I just don't feel like they were firing on all cylinders, which seems like a pretty obvious statement if you watched them, or they would get a couple of things going. And then there was one other aspect that they just couldn't get going, like the lineup for so long. You knew that the answers were in the starting nine that Brian Snicker was putting out there, but you had three, four, five guys who were all slumping or just simply not producing and you weren't able to put runs on the board consistently and that is something that i don't think anybody looked at this lineup at the start of the season particularly once you got ronald acuna jr back that you would point to the lineup and say what gives what's going on with you guys why can't you score runs so as i watched them go out on this road trip and figure out ways to score runs saw different guys get red hot austin riley had a great homestand followed it up with a great road trip as well we're starting to see big hits out of matt Olson. Ronald Acuna Jr., when he's in there, he's had a couple of little things that have sidelined him here and there. He looks like the Ronald Acuna Jr. we remember. Dansby Swanson's been pretty hot for about a month or more now. And you've got a lot of different guys that are starting to step up. And oh, we have William Contreras out of nowhere also making some big contributions. So the lineup as a whole is starting to click. So if I had to point to one thing that has the Braves winning baseball games more consistently, they are either scoring runs in bunches and putting the game away, or they are able to find the rally and score them when they need to. And that was something, the comeback aspect of this team that was just completely absent for the first seven weeks.
0: Yeah, uh, and a little pat on the back for Dansby Swanson himself. Much maligned, uh, you know, whatever it is about Dansby, that he's one of those athletes where there's a contingent of the fan base that is never really going to truly appreciate him for uh, all of his talents. And uh, they fail to understand that just because he was the number one pick, if he is your shortstop for 10, 12 years, and plays at the level that he has played his entire career, just because he's not a Hall of Famer doesn't mean that this is a bad player or a bad deal or a bad draft pick or a bad trade or whatever. He's really consistent. Uh, and, you know, back of the baseball card, Grant, um, he's he he's getting there at this point.
1: Yeah, he's getting there. And I think the real thing that gets folks worked up about Dansby is the hype that comes with being the number one overall pick. And no, the Braves didn't take him number one overall, but they traded for him like six months later. So it really feels like, Being North Georgia as well, this is a kid that grew up in the system and grew up a brave and now is a brave, and he does. He is a streaky player. He has some highs and lows at the plate. He'll get red hot for three or four weeks, and that'll be followed by three or four weeks where you wonder if he remembers where home plate is. And I know that he does, and I know that it's hard. It's a humbling game, and humility, as I like to say, is only a pitch away. And hitters and pitchers find that out through the course of a 162-game season. Stick around. You're going to get reminders. But I feel like Dansby has that work ethic, that helps him get through those kind of lulls. And the thing that he's doing so well this year is, despite the ice cold start at the plate, he has played premier defense. He's one of the most valuable defenders in all of baseball, and that is something that the Braves need as well because they haven't even had the defense working at all times this season. But Dansby's been kind of a constant for them. I was asked this past week, hey, at this point, a third of the way through the season, who's the Braves' MVP? I did not hesitate. I said Dansby Swanson. And I believe that the numbers, particularly now that he's swinging the bat so well, yeah, timely hits, runs scored, runs knocked in, runs saved. That is the Braves' MVP at this point of the season.
0: I mean, he's got the highest batting average on the team. Look, Ronald, is batting 313, but he doesn't qualify, if you will, for a number of at-bats. Dansby does, so he's got the highest batting average on the team, at least of the regulars, so make it that what you will. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos uh, was making the the media rounds yesterday on a lot of local radio stations here, including yours and again, you can hear Grant at 92.9 on Sundays, uh, his show, From the Diamond, right? Is that is that the name? Of it? Okay. Same That's as your it? podcast. I just yes, want
2: to check. Anyway, um,
0: and so he was making the rounds. And part of me feels like that some of that was as much of a reminder of everybody to chill as it was a little mini sort of victory lap and, you know, just kind of saying, guys. You know, you, you made a lot of this. And look, here we are right now. We're not going to change the course that we're on. We're not going to be looking for deals. We're not going to be doing it. We, we trust the roster we put together. We trust the coaching staff. We trust these players. And they're eventually going to start to perform like we thought they would. I kind of felt like that was, you know, he was there to remind everybody that he put this team together and it's not as bad as it's played.
1: I mean, it might be a gentle reminder, but Alex Anthopoulos, particularly coming off of last year's postseason, he's been to the top of the mountain now. He knows exactly how good it feels to win it all, and I think he knows what it takes to get there as well because along the way, the Braves did suffer, even under his his leadership and his regime, some disappointments in the postseason and some series that they didn't win that they probably should have won, including the NLCS in 2020. So he knows the extreme lows and also the extreme highs, and it's about in baseball – finding a way to keep things somewhere there in the middle so that you're able to navigate through what is going to be some treacherous terrain at some point in the season. Unfortunately for the Braves, they found it right out of the gate. This was just a time that they were going to have to work through. And I know that during this past road trip, particularly after that first loss in Arizona, I think the wagons got circled and everybody kind of looked at each other and said, all right, we got to play better than this. We are better than this. Why are we not playing better than this? And really kind of taking a bit of an inventory on what's not going right for this club and the result after that is five consecutive wins, and this is not because the manager went in and flipped the table with the spread afterwards, and nobody got to eat, and everybody's upset. You can't go in and start screaming and yelling at millionaire baseball players or athletes in general. That's not what they really respond to. It's about being able to create a dynamic of, you know, everybody is connected to the guy next to them, and this team kind of starts to play as one and comes together, and over the course of a season, it's also going to find its personality as well, so I feel like Alex Anthopoulos recognizes all of that, has seen all of that, has experienced all of that. And we all knew he wasn't going to be out there trying to make seven trades in, in, in on Cinco de Mayo to try to figure out why the Braves have had a bad month. We knew it was going to be later. No clubs are thrown in the white towel at that point. No impact players are typically available. And so this was the group. And this is the group still right. that the Braves are going to ride with. We may see what happens at the trade deadline, but – Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, you don't have to go out there and make as many deals as you made last year to try to make something of this season. And the Braves are in a great stretch mark right now. They're in the midst of 29 consecutive games against clubs with under 500 records. You pointed at the A's, you pointed at the Pirates. They are next up on the chopping block for the Braves, and they need to take advantage of where they are right now in their schedule.
0: Yeah, uh, and over the next nine games, two against – uh, Oakland, four against Pittsburgh, three against Nat. Look, just go six and three, right? Just just play six, 66% baseball, and then you have, a, after after you get through the Cubs, and oh, I just want to back up real quick, I was chuckling while you were talking about the whole clubhouse and everything else, because I was just, you know, they, I guess maybe they don't need an A-hole, right? Like, that was the contention, maybe, you know, and, and no disrespect to Jeff Francoeur, who, of course, is the Braves TV broadcaster, I understood what he was saying, right? Like, I get it, but it's, it, no. I think you need that guy when you haven't won a World Series, when you haven't been. There's too many guys on this current roster who were just in playing in the World Series in October for them not to understand what it takes to get there. They didn't need an A-hole. They just needed to, to get their heads clear and just understand that, that, that they weren't living up to what the expectations were want to call it world series hangover knock yourself out you want to call it just a bad start that's fine too you want to call it a bunch of guys underachieving early on it happens year in and year out the players i mean there there are guys who are consistent all famous have had bad aprils and slow starts into may i mean you know and at the end of the year they're still batting 290 with 35 home runs at 100 like anyway uh, we digress but i I do, I do want to get to you know you don't need an a-hole i'm i'm, I'm one so i know when i'm needed and when i'm not um But (laughs) I talked about the schedule because after they get through this soft stretch here, they are going to hit a hard stretch. Giants, Dodgers, uh, and I think after that, I forget who it is. I want to say it's – I don't know, but then I know they got the Mets. Uh, Oh, it's the Phillies. That's who it is. It's the Phillies, yeah, Uh, which who knows what – oh, by the way, Joe Girardi, what the hell happened there? Yeah. but, you know, look, that's a talented ball club. So you, you're going to get a 10-game span against those teams that are all above 500 or at least close to it uh, in the Phillies' case. And, you know, there, those are the stretches where you just want to go 500, right? Like, uh, you got 12 games against those teams. Just do 6-6. Six and six. Don't do worse than that. If, well, if you like get to 7-5, and five, great.
1: You'd like to make a little more hay than that, though. And I mean, and the Giants are a club that hasn't been living the charm life that they were a year ago. They've had yeah. to deal with a lot of injuries. They're a club that I think has can play better than they have, and they have – actually done a pretty admirable job of working through some of the injuries that they have had, but you are going to have that four game series with the Giants. You are going to have a three game series with the Dodgers and we'll see what the Phillies are by the time the Braves meet them at the end of the month. Because as you mentioned, the dynamic of their club just changed and they did fire Joe Girardi. Is that going to fix all of their problems? No, but is the manager possibly one of those who had kind of lost that clubhouse and it just wasn't going anywhere. There are some teams where that is true and changes are made and, That is just one small part of it. But the Phillies, I know, are a club that hasn't done the best job drafting and developing players in order to build a contender. They have signed some free agents. They have made some trades. They have some stars on their roster. But I don't feel like they have the most well-rounded roster, and particularly annually they have this problem with their bullpen not being able to perform to the degree they need to to close out games. So we'll see what it is once they get there. But for the Braves, I think you just take it series by series right now. The Giants will be a test. The Dodgers are always a test but you can't overlook any series because yeah, the Oakland athletics are in the cellar out in the American league West. You only have two quick games against them, handle your business, both of those. And if you need a reminder about how crazy a 162 game baseball season is, the Pittsburgh pirates just swept the Los Angeles Dodgers at Dodger stadium. They're five and one against LA this year. Don't overlook that series and start looking at, Oh, well, when are we playing the Dodgers? Cause I can promise you nobody in the Braves clubhouse is going to be thinking that way, particularly if they didn't already get the reminder that, Hey, if, if you kind of look the other way or or look past this club, they might find a way to beat you. And that you cannot afford if you're the Braves trying to chase down the Mets with an eight, eight and a half game lead in the NLE standings.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I was on the wrong end of a, of a money line bet on the Dodgers in the final game of that series going, there's no way they're getting swept by the Pirates. It's just not happening. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, sure. I'll lay that heavy number. Knock yourself out. Uh, did not go well. Thank you for reminding me. But uh, I will say this much. One more question here. And this uh, Anthopoulos, Alex Anthopoulos brought this up and, A lot of his media interviews, Spencer Strider. Uh, And of course, uh, if I look down at the uh, shirt you're wearing there, it it, it beckons. It it beckons. It's there. So he's now officially going to become a starter. This is where he always was. Uh, I know a lot of people think his stuff and the makeup of him, you know, leans more towards a bullpen guy. And I heard Alex Anthopoulos talk about, look, when they thought they had the fifth spotter start nailed down with some security, it was easy to shove him in the bullpen. It was easy to put them there because they thought they had five reliable starters. Oh, yikes. They don't. Um, and so uh, at this point in time, it makes sense to put them in the rotation. But, you know, you, you begin to wonder uh, where this, you know, what this does to a young man. Um, and again, I'm not saying he can't handle it. But I guess just kind of in your mind, uh, how much of this is one of those things where you think Spencer Strider wants to be a starter more than a reliever, or is he better off at this point in time staying in that reliever role?
1: Well, there's kind of a two-part question. There's actually a lot of different layers to this, which is what makes it fun to talk about in baseball. But I feel like for a guy that started all his life, of course he still wants to start games. The question really was, is he stretched out and able to start games for you? And coming out of spring training, I don't feel like he was there, but as he got kind of his legs under him, if you will, and got a little bit of an orientation to the big leagues and had success, and then he started throwing two-inning, three-inning, four-inning stints, it became a little more apparent that, hey, this guy does have some gas in the tank, and it's going to be something that we might could ride a little bit further than asking him to just be one of a number of relievers that we have. But once you lost Luke Jackson, I feel like maybe there was a little bit of a hesitation to take Strider away from the bullpen mix And then you went down Tyler Matzick as well. So maybe that, again, kind of doubled down on maybe we should keep him out here in the bullpen for a while. But time and time again, the guys that they tapped to start in the fifth spot of the rotation were not able to hold on to it. Bryce Elder showed some flashes, but walks were a problem. Tucker Davidson, walks were a problem. Waskari Noah, walks were a problem. Everybody that gets into this spot of the rotation seems to have a problem with walks. Spencer Strider walked five guys against the Colorado Rockies in his start on Sunday. I'm not saying that that's going to be the rule because he had had very good control prior to that. And his start in Arizona, that line is a complete liar when it comes to how well he pitched in that game. The defense really let him down. But I feel like he has the stuff to succeed in either role. Long-term, I feel like maybe the bullpen might be the ultimate destination for him, but you might as well find out what you have and see if you can get a starter uh, for any length of time out of him and find out if this is a role that he can perform at the big league level because you're right, he's done it all his life. You might as well find out if he can before you just decide, well, he's better off in the bullpen.
0: Well, you know, I mean, it's just the next John Smoltz. He he did it both, and it worked out just fine for him. So clearly going to be the same for Spencer Strider. Grant McCauley, again, check him out on our Braves postcast. Hear him on 92.9 The Game from the Diamond Podcast anything atlanta braves you know where to go grant mccauley grant thanks for the time as always brother i appreciate it stay well and we'll do it again soon you got it all right uh, we'll take a quick time out come back wrap things up here on a to z Unlocked on, on sports atlanta free on youtube and wherever you get your podcast make sure you search locked on sports atlanta we'll be right back welcome back to a to z here on locked on sports atlanta free on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts it's locked on sports atlanta follow us on twitter at locked on atl of course you can follow me at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-O. Check out the entire platform of shows, folks. Tell you about it every single day. After A to Z, hitting hard with John Chuckery. ATL Day went with Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batiste. We already talked about our Braves postcast with Grant McCauley and, of course, Locked on Falcons with Aaron Freeman and Locked on Hawks with Brad Rowland. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Give us the big old thumbs up. Share all the content out there as well. Uh, we'll get to some NFL news that is of note. But first... Time to hand out a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. Yeah, you know
2: how to do it. Every day we hand out a shovel just for somebody who said or did something stupid. You could do so as well on... Twitter at Mark Zinn. I'll make sure you use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today my shovel goes to Emma Jones. <sighs> you don't know who Emma Jones is, and probably because she's in Britain, you may never know who she is. But many people in Britain now know who she is because, well, she was posting for sale online a ninja air fryer. You guys ever seen these ninja air fryers? They're just like glorified toaster ovens, to be honest perfect master. But they work. Uh, they're pretty good. I uh, have one in the house and they use it all for the little kitties with the chicken fingers and the french fries and the fish steaks and everything else. It does a fantastic job. Well, uh, Emma is 26 and she decided to post a picture of the air fryer online when she wanted to sell her Ninja Foodie Max. To her surprise, nobody was responding, but yet somehow uh, later on in the day, she got 50 messages or 50 friend requests and 100 different facebook messages why well i'm actually accidentally posted a naked picture of herself along with the ninja foodie max yes it was a full body full length here of her naked it was her before picture when she started her diet and when she was uploading it she says she was doing it on her cell phone And she accidentally tapped on the wrong thing. And next thing you know, there's a picture of her naked body online. And, well, yeah, um, there were people who were quite crude with some of their responses, asking, quote, those melons come with the sale. Yeah, uh, good job, guys. Anyway, so uh, she checked Instagram as well. After getting 50 friend requests and one of Facebook messages, Instagram had 150 new followers and 100 messages, all because she posted a Take a picture of yourself and, uh, well, uh, yeah. Hey, you know, it, it happens. It, it, the, the listing had racked up 117,000 views
0: and a maximum bit of more than $1,250. <laughs> mm.
2: Oh, God. Yeah, folks, you got to be real careful. Um, don't put anything in the cloud and don't, don't take pictures of yourself on your phone. And if you do have that, there's like a hidden place to put them and just leave them there. Sorry, Emma, I know it was horrifying, but hey, lesson learned, right? Uh, double check, double check, pre-posted. there you go. All right, let's finish up there real quick with two quick bits of uh, NFL news. One of them, Aaron Donald, uh, gets his deal reworked, and now over the final three years of his deal gets $95 million. So he's a little bit richer. Um, I guess it is a smart move for the Rams because, well, you know, you don't want to lose the best offensive player in the league and uh, probably a guy who already has a spot locked up in Canton. And you guys know me. I am not advocating for anybody to rush to get into the Hall of Fame. But legitimately, Aaron Donald's resume kind of puts him there. When you have seven all pros, uh, yeah, like I think they're in a row too. Um, There's like a number of dudes on one hand, you can count with that, on their resume. Not to mention, you know, all the sacks and Pro Bowls and World Championship and generally just being the best defensive player in the league for about five years. So anyway, he gets a new deal and uh he's on his way. And it looks like the uh, heir of Walmart is now expected to be the new owner of the Denver Broncos. the small, relatively small price of four point five billion dollars. Uh being the most expensive franchise sold to date in professional sports history. Of course, so somebody, you know, Ever wants to buy the Yankees or the Cowboys or Man U or whatever it may be, of course they'll go for more than that, but nonetheless, four point five billion dollars for the Denver Broncos. Um, I wonder if it would have been four point five before Russell Wilson and there. Because they're kind of expensive. It might drive the price up a little bit. But then again, inflation, right? Prices up on everything. I wonder if two years ago they bought the Broncos, it might have just been for even four billion. Extra five hundred million in inflation. All right, that does it for us today here on A to Z. Uh, again, make sure you guys give us a follow on our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. Check out all the shows that we have here on Lockdown Sports Atlanta right after A to Z that got hit harder. John Chuckery and ATL Daywinds and Jarvis Davis. And to meet he's back for a Wednesday edition of A to Z tomorrow. Make sure you guys have a wonderful day. Don't forget to any crack for anybody.